Podcasting from Singapore and broadcasting all around the world. You're listening to the Ignite EdTech Podcast with Craig Kemp, created by an educator for educators and streaming to the world. Now, over to your host, Craig Kemp. Hello and welcome to episode 66 of the Ignite EdTech Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Kemp, and I'm thrilled to have your support. As most of you know, I continue to work with the incredibly talented Mark Quinn to improve the final audio quality of this podcast. He has his own podcast production studio that provides editing and mastering services to content creators. To connect with Mark, please see the details in the podcast notes below. Last week, I asked you about how you maintain your device and stay organized. Check out the social streams for more. This week, I wanted to ask about home-based learning and your strategies for success during and then after going online. Please share with me via our Ignite EdTech social streams. I look forward to hearing your responses soon. A tool that has positively impacted the authentic and purposeful use of technology into classrooms and meeting rooms that I have worked in is Zern Math. Zern is a non-profit educational organization behind Zern Math. The top-rated math learning platform used by one in four elementary students in the US and now globally. With Zern, kids learn the same concept twice, once with their teacher and once in their digital lessons, so they gain a deep understanding of mathematics. All materials are top-rated, research-backed, and crafted to represent all learners. It was built by teachers for teaching. Zern is always free for individual teachers in classrooms of kindergarten through grade 5, with K-8 coming soon. Zern's research-backed and evidence-based approach to math learning helps teachers make sure every kid gets the opportunity to succeed. Zern partners with world-renowned researchers to constantly improve their mathematics learning platform and share insights with the education community. When exploring this at my last school, we loved how simple and effective it was. At the time, it was very US-centric, but now they're growing and developing and opening up learning and concepts for people all over the world. If you're a mathematics teacher of students below the age of 12, check it out. I highly recommend that you take a look at zern.org. The link is in the description below. Last week, we talked about managing your device and staying organized. If you're interested in learning more, go back and listen to last week's episode. This week, I wanted to talk about home-based learning. This week in Singapore, we went back to home-based learning. And unfortunately, that means a lot of our luxuries that we've taken for granted here have gone. And we're back into the day-to-day grind of being at home 24-7. Like many of you listening here around the world. This pandemic has been tough on everyone. And I say this lightly as I know that here in Singapore we've managed COVID really well. And as a result we've had very few lockdown restrictions compared to many places around the world. Unfortunately going into home-based learning and a lockdown of sorts this week all of the history doesn't make it any easier. For many of you listening, home-based learning has been the reality every day for many, many months, if not longer. What I wanted to learn from you today was what have you found to be the most successful tools, strategies, and ideas to remain sane and successful, and I wanted to share some things from my end as well. My daughter is seven, and we're lucky that she's pretty good at self-managing herself, but 
Like any seven-year-old, she gets easily distracted, and with two adults in the house who have their own work to do, it causes a lot of stress, anxiety, and frustration. Some of the things I've learned from others online who have had it much tougher than me that might help you too are, number one, create weekly and daily schedules. Co-create a family weekly schedule and have it on the wall. We do this every Sunday to plan the week ahead, so we know when each of us have calls or things that we have to do at a certain time. This helps us manage projects and other daily requirements. Every morning we work with our daughter for five minutes to plan out the calls and her checklist to help her be successful. If she doesn't do it, it's extra work that she just has to do later. At first it didn't work well, but as we continue to stick to the plan and the strategy, she's learned how to self-manage it and it's a great skill that I'm seeing her develop. Number two, creating a learning atmosphere. One of the best things I've done over the past two years and that I've learned about is the importance of creating a positive atmosphere in your home, whether you're a teacher, a student, or working in business. Before we can adapt to the new way of learning, it's essential that we have the tools and environment we need to be successful. Of course, one of those things is creating an environment conducive to learning. Add plants, posters, comfortable seating, whatever it is, work with what the learner wants and co-create it together. Number three, mobile phone use rules. Something important depending on the age of the learner or if you're an adult and easily distracted. No matter where we are, it's easy to be distracted by our mobile devices. These devices can be even more disruptive in a home-based environment where there's a lack of structure and supervision. Besides being a distraction, studies have shown that academic performance is significantly reduced when mobile phones are within reach. The mere presence of the mobile device, even if it's switched off, can still impair cognitive function. The studies show that participants performed best when their phones are kept in another room altogether. Something to consider for you and your learners. Number four, take breaks. At many schools around the world, educators are advising students who are learning remotely to take periodic breaks in order to maintain good mental health. Because remote learning can be a lonely affair with reduced social interaction, the need to keep students healthy and engaged is incredibly important. Besides getting adequate rest, nutrition and exercise, students should acknowledge their achievements and motivate themselves towards completing their work on time. And number five, tools to add value. Some of the tools that have supported me and my daughter during home-based learning have been Flipgrid, Nearpod, G Suite of Products, the Camera App, Book Creator, Moat, and Floop as extensions and docs, GarageBand, Google Meet or Zoom, and of course, Seesaw. As always, I'd love to hear from you. Please reach out to me with your ideas and thoughts. Every week, I bring you a short interview with some of my edu heroes, an engaging learning experience with someone who makes a difference in education every day, with a particular focus or angle towards educational technology. This week, I had the pleasure of chatting with the incredible team behind Third Eye Ed. Let's have a listen to the chat. Today, I have the honor of speaking with Heather and Nick from the team at Third Eye Ed, who you may know as at Third Eye Ed on Twitter. Heather and I have been recently connected, and I've been enjoying following their incredible work and inspirational social sharing. Heather and Nick are experienced educators working with schools in Minnesota, USA. Heather is the Teaching and Learning Director for the DE Schools District, and Nick is the Ex-Curriculum Director for the District, and now a student 
at NYU's HCAT program. Third Eye Education is a cohort of Midwestern educational leaders who meet regularly to inspire, innovate, and influence each other and connect to the world. Heather and Nick, it's a pleasure to have you on the show today. Are you both ready to talk about education and technology integration? Always. Of course. And thank you. Awesome. You're welcome. Let's go. Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about your current roles and what inspires you to do what you do? Heather, let's start with you. Yeah, absolutely. So as you said, I am the uh, Director of Teaching and Learning here in Dover Yoda Public Schools in uh, Minnesota. And I am new to my role. So ask me in a year and I might even know better, Craig, exactly what my role is. But um, but right now, mainly what we do is, is we do our best to make sure that there are systems in place that help our teachers and students achieve uh, high levels of learning. Uh, we try to create uh, innovative opportunities, uh, remove barriers that might keep uh, our staff and students from doing um, what they really need to do and want to do for their students. Uh, that's my main goal is just to, to be there for them. Um, and as far as what inspires me to do what I do, um, I am a firm believer that all students can do all great things and that everybody has their own individual pathway to achieve greatness and that that's our job as, as adults to be able to to get them there that's awesome Heather I really love sort of the way you described uh, your role but not just your role as in a job title but your role as an educator uh, in the lives of the little humans that we work with every day Nick tell us about what you do uh, so I'm a outgoing director for Dover EOTA uh, uh, Heather's taken over for me. We've worked together for whew, a long time. We, we've certainly aligned on philosophy and, and on the things that we care about and do. Um, and I'm heading at two days. Two days from now is my last day at Dover Yoda and going to uh, New York University's Human Capital Analytics and Technology Program uh, because uh, lifelong learning. And uh, the, the appeal of that program is that it claims that it can help to make uh, uh, systems less broken. And I think that there are many reasons to find that appealing. Oh, yes. I couldn't agree more about systems being broken. I think we we all experience it. I think COVID has highlighted uh, just how broken a lot of those are. And I'm excited to hear about your learning journey, but that we'll dive into a little bit more shortly as well. But Heather, as the teaching and learning director for your district, you know, this title and this role uh, is probably something that a lot of our people listening here today are probably quite interested in. Can you tell us a little bit more about it and the work that you do within your schools? And what are you noticing? And how can we all learn from the work that you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, honestly, I think one of the things that I learn every day is how phenomenal our teachers are. You know, they are doing so many things that unless we're in the classrooms and, and we're watching and, and being aware, we're not always 100% aware of, of all the different things that they're juggling. And and that's one thing in particular that, that I notice every day. Um, and, and speaking of, of one thing that we can learn from the that work and, and that noticing, right, is that especially during the pandemic, but even far before, is that the the overall wellness of, of our teachers, how they are surviving in their own lives, their work-life balance, um, all of those elements weigh heavily uh, on them and, and can bring greatness into the classroom. The more balanced they are, the more social emotional learning that they have within themselves, the, the more they're able to uh, to bring that into their students and to 
not just helping those students with their own social emotional learning and with their own mental wellness, but also just in general, be more present with the, the content that they're teaching, the skills that they are bringing to their students. Um, and so that's, that's one big takeaway that I've seen lately. Yeah. And I think the importance of well-being, uh, we often pay it lip service and talk about it, but there's very few people out there actually actioning it. So it's really cool to hear uh, the focus on it within your district and the focus on it from you and your role as the teaching and learning director as well. Nick, uh, you mentioned earlier on about your transition out of the district and, and into something new. Uh, I'm really interested in this transition uh, from that director role in a pretty well-established school district to what you're doing now with NYU. Tell us a little bit about that transition. What inspired you to make the move and how is this going to add value to you as an educator? I do completely agree. Dovriota is a well-established, well-respected district. Uh, We've uh, been asked to present around the state on uh, uh, the mental health of our staff and students. Uh, We've got a lot going on here, but I wanted to keep learning. Uh, And that actually was why we started our endeavor as third eye education was because we wanted to keep learning from experts, from people around uh, the state, the nation, the world. That really drives us through that drive. Uh, I ended up talking to a number of universities about industrial organizational psychology, in part because of Adam Grant, uh, who has a fabulous podcast uh, uh, and a number of fantastic books. Highly recommended. Through my discussions with a number of universities, ended up in this program at NYU, does a lot of that same work uh, and and applies it uh, to the systems that I care about most. So excited to see how that all takes root. If it had uh, been possible to do you know a class at a time, I think I would have done that instead. Um, and NYU does offer that. It was just uh, uh, not possible for me. It's going to be a one-year program and then back into the, the classroom. So I'm looking forward to seeing how that all takes root. Amazing. It's such a cool journey you're going on and something that a lot of us don't really push ourselves to do, you know, take that risk, try something new. We push our kids to do it all the time, but we often don't do it ourselves. So massive kudos to you. That's uh, an amazing story. And I look forward to to hearing the next steps really soon as well. A little question for both of you. Um, Let's start with you, Nick, then we'll move across as well to you, Heather. What is one inspirational thing that's happening in your district that we could all learn from? The number of staff in our district that is willing to try better practices, right? We, we don't cap at this is the best and we're never going to grow, but uh, attempt better practices. What else can we do to continue to grow? Uh, in fact, when we posted uh, my job to be filled, literally on the job posting, uh, we wrote that our superintendent tries his best to never say no. Actually, I think it was tries his best to always say yes. That tends to be true for everyone in the district. Actually, I can't think of anybody who doesn't. Uh, we're all wanting to grow. We're inspired by each other. Uh, if an idea comes up like, uh, hey, uh, feedback-only grading has a lot of good uh, evidence for success, we should give that a go. Uh, we end up with Right now, I think, what, 98% of our middle school is on board uh, uh, voting to give that a shot. We have uh, a third of our staff wanting to pilot it this year. Uh, So it's that energy, enthusiasm, willingness to experiment, I think, that is inspirational uh, to me. 
it sounds like a great place to be. And what about for you, Heather? You know, actually, I'm going to piggyback off of what Nick said, everything that he said, but also and a willingness to put themselves out there. You know, we really do have an amazing group of individuals uh, who work here at Dover Yoda who are more than willing to be examples for people to come in and and watch what they're doing. Um, Just today alone, I have uh, two emails that that just popped in while we were talking um, of individuals who are like, hey, I'm thinking about rephrasing uh, my syllabus because I'm thinking about doing feedback-based grading. What do you think of this? Another person sent me a note saying, hey, I'm working on, on on a rubric, on a single column rubric. What, what do you think of this language? I'm debating between numbers versus trying to describe what proficiency looks like. And, and just really great conversations where they realize they don't have to work in silos. Um, and there's this great collaboration uh, that has been established here and, and that we encourage as much as possible. Yeah, that sounds fantastic. I'm looking forward to diving into that a little bit more and learning a little bit more about your district and the work that you're doing too. Let's jump into some quick fire questions. The first thing that comes to your head and a brief why. There's about four or five questions here. We'll start with you, Heather, each time and then go to you, Nick. What is your hashtag one word for 2021? Hashtag two words, foster humanity. Awesome. I love it. What about for you, Nick? Uh, I would go with opportunity for 2021 uh, because... Uh, this pandemic has given us a constraint in which we can work to uh, better ourselves, better our world. Despite the fact that there are plenty of downsides, I'm looking forward to trying things out. Nice. Heather, what's your favorite EdTech book or resource? I'm going to go with Twitter just because I've recently re-engaged with Twitter in the last year or so, and there are so many great resources out there that are floating floating around and that people are sharing. Um, so I'm constantly fi- finding the next new thing, um, and, I'm u- and the one common thread to that is I'm usually finding them on Twitter. That's cool. And what about you, Nick? Uh, I would go with the book A Beautiful Constraint by Mark Barden, and that's because I think uh, uh, in a world with a lot of technology, we uh, can spread ourselves and our students too thin. If we choose a couple, uh, it gives us constraints that allow us to uh, expand beyond the barriers and do cool things. And what is your go-to edtech tool that the listeners need to try? I don't know how new it is, but I am still in love with Jamboard uh, from Google. Great collaborative tool, uh, very organized, uh, allows for all kinds of brainstorming and goodness. Love it. Brilliant. What about you, Nick? Uh, honestly, any any online hub, uh, uh, Brightspace, D2L, uh, Google Classroom, uh, I think that's the first uh, go-to place for anybody who's dabbling in ed tech. Great. Good advice. We'll make sure the links to those are in the podcast notes as well. What is one daily habit or practice that helps you enjoy progress and succeed in your career? Well, you know, right now I'm doing a a challenge, a daily challenge called The Grind. So I write a poem a day. I've been doing this for about seven months now. And um, I know that it's not related to education per se, uh, but it really does help me process my day. So usually whatever's most heaviest on my mind, end of my day, I sit down, I write a poem. Sometimes it's great. Usually it's gibberish. Um, And then I I share it with this uh, community called The Grind. That's cool. I'm going to have to look that up. And for you, Nick? Uh, A performer by the name of Laserbeak and uh, his associate Elon Block gave us advice that 
Uh, you should always reach out to the people you admire, ask them questions, uh, see how they can help you grow. Uh, and I would say that is paid off in, in dividends. Uh, very, very good advice that I, I would uh, recommend you follow as well. Yeah, and I think it's good advice uh, in general. And I think that ties back to Heather, what you were saying about Twitter uh, being an amazing place to connect and engage with people from all over the world. And and truly, people are, are more than happy to connect and discuss with you uh, and chat to you about anything. And hence why we're able to chat today as well. Let's finish off with, with two more things. Um, the first one I want to ask you both is, uh, your favorite education-focused quote? I'm going to go with old school. My my, The one that I keep going back to is an Emerson quote, uh, the secret in education lies in respecting the student. Brilliant. And for you, Nick? I guarantee you I'm going to get this quote wrong because I just looked it up and I had it so wrong, but I don't have it in front of me. It's Amit Sud uh, uh, was talking about leadership and, and uh, uh, certainly this applies to being a teacher. Uh, he's said something along the lines of uh, leadership isn't how people feel about you. It's how they feel when they're around you. That applies very well in the classroom. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time today. I really do appreciate it. It's been brilliant to connect and and learn from both of you individually uh, about you as a group and a lot about your district and the amazing things that are happening there. I know that the listeners are going to be really in, enjoying what we're talking about, but also wanting to engage with you as a follow-up. What's the best way for them to do that? Well, honestly, probably the best way is to simply go to thirdied.com, uh, thirdied.com, and everything as far as how to connect with us, whether that be on Twitter, whether that be uh, submitting a, an idea for an article that they uh, might like to see or they themselves might like to write. Um all of that is in that one hub. But of course, you can also follow us on Third Eye Ed on Twitter. Thank you both so much for your time. Uh, it's been amazing. I appreciate everything that you've said, the insightful information. We'll make sure all of these links are in the podcast notes as well. Thank you both for your time. Thank you. Thank you, Craig. Next week, join me for episode 67 of the Ignite EdTech podcast when I'm joined by the amazing Michael Drezik. One of the things I love doing is giving away prizes as a thank you for tuning in, listening, and hopefully following the Ignite EdTech podcast. Last episode, I gave away a seat in the EduSpark professional learning portal, valued at $200 for a year of unlimited learning at eduspark.world. To win, you needed to complete the form at bit.ly slash edtechwin. The winner has already been contacted directly by me, and it is Aaron Johnson. Congratulations, Aaron. This week, I'm giving away another seat in the EduSpark professional learning portal for a year of unlimited learning at eduspark.world. To win this prize, you need to go to bit.ly slash edtechwin and complete the simple form. It'll take you less than a minute to do. The link is in the description below. Competition closes on Wednesday the 6th of October and the winner will be contacted directly by me and announced on next Friday's podcast episode. Good luck. If you enjoyed today's episode, please, please, please smash that follow button and share it with your colleagues, friends, and families. Please remember to spend two minutes to rate this podcast too so we can reach even more people and edtech enthusiasts globally. Please share your favorite part of today's episode by tagging us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. And don't hesitate to ask me questions that I can answer in an upcoming episode. Remember, you have the chance to win as well. Check out the links in the description for more, and I'll see you again next week. If you liked today's episode, please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss another episode. 
and be in the drawing to win prizes every week. If you know others that would enjoy the show, please hit that share button and brighten their day. Join us again next week for your weekly EdTech hit with at Mr. Kemp NZ. We'll see you again soon.